This has been a stressful year for everyone, and mom, as you come to this Mother's Day from last Mother's Day, you may be uh, just having a big sigh of relief, or maybe things have not gotten a lot better. Uh, maybe the stresses of, of the times are still burdening you. A lot of moms, in fact, are feeling the stress of the past year. The New York Times published an article in February that they entitled, America's Mothers Are in Crisis. Is anyone listening to them? America's Mothers Are in Crisis. Is anyone listening to them? And in that article, they interviewed uh, a psychologist, Philip Fisher, who talked about the psychological impact of the pandemic on families and, and specifically on moms. He said that more than ever, Children are suffering what psychologists call food insecurity. In other words, not knowing if the next meal will be there. Uh, that, that insecurity and stress is on the rise. Uh, it's, this pandemic has had a huge impact on moms and magnified other issues in their lives, such as special, uh, moms of special needs children, moms struggling with poverty, moms who are single parents. All these issues are magnified even more during the pandemic. Uh, Fisher said that almost 70% of mothers say that worry and stress have damaged their health. Worry and stress have damaged their health. Now, when the New York Times published that article, they also wanted to be helpful. So they set up a hotline for moms to call in just to vent. And the hotline was, moms, we're, we're listening to you. Mothers, we're, we're listening to you. And boy, did moms take advantage of that. They flooded the phone lines with screaming, yelling, uh, venting of every kind, some of which was fairly colorful, according to the New York Times, and unrepeatable in print. And this went on for a few days. They just let moms vent. And they said mothers need to know someone is listening to them. And I guess, for lack of a better outlet, those moms took it to the New York Times and vented to the New York Times. But, but here's our question. If we're believers, if we believe the Bible, if we're followers of Christ, where should we be taking our stress and our burdens? We should be taking it to Him, shouldn't we? What should we be doing in times like this? Where should we be going in times like this when we're under stress, when we're burdened, when we're anxious, when we're worried about the future? We take it to Him. There should be a difference in the way believers behave at all times, but including times of stress and struggle. This morning, we're going to look into Psalm 46 in your Old Testament. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. The book of Psalms, verse, uh, excuse me, the book of Psalms 46. Psalm 46. While you're turning there, uh, I want to just insert, while this is Mother's Day, what we're going to look at today applies to all of us. Uh, in particular, moms, of course, but to all of us. I think we're going to see this resonates with all of us. During this pandemic or in everyday life when we struggle with stress and burdens and, and heartaches and worries, we need to hear the word of this psalm, Psalm 46. If you've been a Christian very long, you might right away recognize Psalm 46 for its most famous verse which is verse 10, that we have memorized, most of us, be still and know that I am God. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. Before we read the psalm, let me set this up for you just a moment. Uh, the author of the psalm is unnamed. 
We don't know if it was King David. David wrote many of the Psalms, but it sounds like him, but he doesn't name himself in this Psalm. But whoever the writer was, uh, he was very familiar with Palestine and Judea in the ancient world, and he was a warrior. He was a soldier. Because the context of the psalm, that the psalm is set in, what he's reflecting on in very picturesque language is fortresses and strongholds and havens throughout the deserts of Judea and the foothills of Judea. This warrior would have been familiar with uh, the, the need to go from stronghold to stronghold for safety as he traveled, whether alone or with his army. They were always seeking the next safe place, the haven, the stronghold, the fortress that they would go to. And in lack of that, sometimes they would actually hide out in the caves of Judea. King David does that one time when he's on the run from King Saul. You remember that? It was very common for warriors to hide out, find a haven of their own in those caves that dotted the hills of Judea until they could make it to the next fortress along the way. Keep that image in your mind as we read the psalmist and this, in this very picturesque language, he describes his faith in God and his trust in God in times of great stress, worry, heartache, and times, in fact, when there, is, there are armies at the door and when storms rage around him. He, he uses both images. It's a very picturesque and graphic and vivid psalm. And we can relate to it in the same way in that whether you're a mom or not, you often have storms right at the door and storms inside the house and storms in your own life, stressors, struggles, heartache, decisions that you have to make. And the psalmist speaks to all of us for that reason. So look there with me, Psalm 46. We're going to read the whole psalm, starting at verse 1. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its waters roar and foams and the mountains quake its turmoil. There is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns, nations rage, kingdoms topple, the earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop fighting or cease striving or be still, maybe your Bible says, and know that I am God exalted among the nations and exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The psalm opens stating a truth, a principle. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Then in verse 2, the psalmist says, therefore. Because of verse 1, God is our stronghold. God is our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. Because of that, this is what I know and this is what I should do. This is what we all need to remember, the psalmist says, as he breaks down this truth and applies it to his own life. And with that, God helps us apply it to our life. Whatever you have gone through this year, whatever you're going through now, apply this to your life. See, I believe God reminds us in this psalm of his call to come to him. 
with our stress, with our burdens, our, our concerns, our pressures, our problems. Come to Him. We tend to fight the battles on our own. We tend to face the storms on our own. We tend to think we can handle things on our own. And then we come to Him when we have trouble. The psalmist reminds us, your first reflex should be always to come to Him. No matter what's going on in your life, you always come to Him. And God calls us back to Him, calls us to Him as our refuge in this psalm. What do you do when you're under stress and turmoil? Moms, what should you do? What should all of us do? The psalmist says there's three things to, all, to always do when you're under stress and turmoil and struggle and strife. What does God want you to do? Here's what God wants you to do. First, God wants you to run to Him. God wants you to run to Him. Just as going from stronghold to stronghold, fortress to fortress, the, the warrior makes it through the wilderness and the desert, but when he sees the next one, he races to that one because it is his refuge. The term translated refuge refers to the external walls of the fortress. It's a very specific word, often used in wartime, uh, that related to that external wall, the actual wall itself of the fortress. God is that external wall, the warrior says. And the reason it's so needed is what follows next because all around him there is a storm raging. The earth itself begins to crumble and he had seen this in, in Judea at his time. There would be sudden mudslides and there would be landslides and, and the, the landscape would literally change in just a moment. And he said when that happens where you don't want to be is out there in the open. Where you want to be is in the stronghold, in the fortress. And God is that fortress. God is that refuge. So when the landscape of your life starts to fall apart, where do you want to be? You want to be with him. You need to run into his fortress. Don't stay out there by yourself, the psalmist says. Run into that fortress. God is our refuge. I want you to think for a moment about the stresses and, and trials that you've been going through and ask yourself a simple question. Have I been staying outside trying to handle this on my own? Do I find myself in the storm all alone? Or when I'm facing these things, do I run into the fortress of God? Because I know that's where I'll be safe. He is my refuge. What does God want you to do? God wants you to run to him. God wants you to run to him. Maybe you're going through those times right now trying to handle them on your own. Make a decision now that you're going to run straight to him. Get inside his fortress. Second, God wants you to rely on him. That's the reason you're in the fortress in the first place. God wants you to rely on him. God is our refuge and our strength. The word translated strength refers to our resource, the one who takes care of us, the, uh, the one who, who uh, uh, provides for us, sustains us. In me, it includes he gives us strength, but it, it's broader than that, and it means he strengthens us when we come to him. So the psalmist says, here I am inside the fort, and there's a, there's a storm raging out there. The earth is shattering, the toppling, and the, and the waters itself outside are rising and threatening me. But then I turn around and I find there's peace and there's calm, and all the provision I need is inside because there's a river that runs right through the city of God, the fortress of God. Right there, God provides for me all that I need. God loves to use the image of water and rivers and streams as a reminder of his provision. 
the Bible teaches that Jesus himself is the water of life and an extraordinary image in scripture and uh, Jesus himself illustrates this. You may remember this story. John chapter 7, the gospel of John chapter 7 records Jesus at the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. It was a lengthy feast and the Bible says that Jesus was there but he, was, he, he held back. Not a lot of people even knew he was there until the very last day. And on the very last day, there was a ritual that closed out the Feast of Tabernacles. And that was when all the people gathered at the temple. And a rabbi would stand up on a platform, and he would take a pitcher, and he would scoop water out, uh, bring water to the, to the uh, temple, and he would take that water, and he would pour it into a basin. And when he poured it into the basin, he would quote scripture that reminded that God took care of us. God was the living streams of water that took care of us in the wilderness, and in life. The Bible says on that last day when Jesus was there, and almost no one knew at the moment, until that moment that he was there, Jesus was the one that stepped up on the platform with that pitcher of water. He took it in his hand and he poured it into the basement, basin and he shouted out as loud as he could, I am the water of life. Any who come to me will never thirst again but will experience flowing streams of eternal life. That's why God loves that picture. You and I know what it means to be thirsty. Imagine being refreshed eternally. In Jesus Christ, we are completely saved and satisfied, and we are provided for in the fortress of God. Rely on God to take care of you. Listen, if you've been trying to take care of yourself and it's not going very well, maybe it's because you're out in the storm instead of in the fortress with God. And I want to encourage you this morning to run to Him and to rely on Him. It doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing, but it means you change your attention and your focus and you start saying, God, forgive me for not trusting you. He is your God. His intention is to provide for you and to take care of you. And He'll do it. He'll do it if you'll trust him. If you're out there by yourself in the storm, get inside with him right now, and you know what you'll find? Streams of living water, unending provision from Almighty God. So what does God want you to do? God wants you to run to him. God wants you to rely on him. And listen, God wants you to rest in him. God wants you to rest in him. God is our refuge and our strength. A helper always to be found, as we read it. It's more literally an ever-present help in times of need. He, he's ever-present, always there, the psalmist said, in times of need. And when he calls you into the fortress, he calls you to be with him because he will take care of you in all troubles. The term translated troubles refers to all kinds of stresses, all kinds of problems. There's not a problem or a struggle or a stress in your life that God does not know about or that he cannot handle. So it makes no sense to stay outside in the storm or where the armies can get you. Get inside the fortress with God because he knows all your stresses and he is an ever-present help. You're not going to step inside the fortress. You're not going to run to him and find out he's absent. He's ever-present. He's always there. And he'll take care of your needs and he will help you. 
this last image, as, as, as the psalm closes, is an image of peace and peace of mind. It means once you're in the fortress, you find out just how strong God is. We said the term translated refuge refers to that exterior wall. That also refers to the depth of it, the depth of that wall, the thickness of it. Throughout the psalm, the word translated stronghold refers to the height of the walls and that they encircle the fortress. In other words, when you're inside the stronghold with God, no one can get through, around, or over that wall to get to you. There's no stress that can infiltrate your life that's greater than your God. If it's happening, it's because you're not in the fortress with Him. You're not letting Him take care of you. You're not relying on Him. If that stress is weighing you down, it means you're not where you should be in your relationship with Him. Because He will sustain you and He will take care of you when you're inside the fortress with Him. Now we go back to that favorite verse we all love. Verse 10. We learned it, we know it, as be still and know that I am God. Some translations say cease striving and know that I am God. We read it this morning as simply stop fighting. Stop fighting. Believers for generations, and rightly so, have applied that verse to ourselves personally. God wants me to rest in Him, to have peace in Him, and that's absolutely right. But in the ancient days, an image such as that was more textured, more vivid. It was thicker and rounded out. Because here's what the psalmist means. Think of it this way. You remember when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. He had fallen asleep in the back of the boat, and they were on the Sea of Galilee, and a storm comes up, and the disciples are frightened. And the storm is raging, so they wake up Jesus. Jesus stands up, and he says to the storm, peace, be still. And it immediately calms, the Bible says. And then he turns to the disciples, and he says, Why are you so worried, O you of little faith? See, God's action in that moment in the Lord Jesus Christ was both external and internal. And when we think of God's peace and resting in God as only being internal, God calms me down, we only have half of the picture. And the same thing here in Psalm 46.10. The reason it's translated stop fighting is because the term translated be still or stop fighting literally means throw down your weapons. Throw down your weapons. Lay down your arms. He's not talking to the army outside. He's talking to you. And he says to the army outside, stop fighting you. You stop fighting. Stay back. This is my child. I'm in the fortress. You stay back. Then he turns and says to you, why are you fighting? Lay down your arms. I'm in the fortress with you. What are you so stressed about? Be still. Relax. Calm down. Be at rest. Because I am your God. Nothing can get through that wall, over that wall, or around that wall because you are in the fortress of your God. Run to Him, rely on Him, and when you're there, rest in Him, and He will always take care of you. A part of our problem is that we tend to focus on the storm. We focus on what's happening outside, what's, what's going on, the mess that we face. We focus on our stresses and the circumstances and the problems all around us. That's what we tend to focus on. That's human nature. 
Focusing on the circumstances is human nature. But that's why anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Believers in Christ, rather than focus on the circumstances, focus on your God, the one who is with you in the stronghold, who will take care of you, fight your battles for you. That's your God. When I was about 14 years old, if I wasn't playing basketball, I was doing my best to ride horses. And I remember one Sunday afternoon, uh, my, my mom and my brothers and I got home from church, had lunch, and I got a phone call from some friends. Why don't you come on out? Let's, let's ride horses this afternoon. And since they had the horses and I didn't, it sounded like a great idea to me. Uh, so I asked my mom, can you, can you take me out there and let me just spend the, the afternoon and, and uh, uh, about dark? You know, she said, yeah, I can do that. I'll come back and get you. Uh, now, to put this in perspective, we live in a neighborhood that to exit the neighborhood, you had to go up a hill, pretty steep little incline out of where our house was, and then, then out from there, and the drive from our house in good traffic and in good weather, the drive from our house was up and down lots of hills through the city of Winston-Salem out to the country, about a 22, 30-minute drive somewhere in there just to get there and then get back. So hold that in the back of your mind. So off we go, and, and she deposits me, and me and my friends saddle up, literally. And there that day was a man named Bill, who was the owner and manager of the stables and the barn, and another adult friend. They were the only two with vehicles out there that day. So we're out riding and, and having a great time, and it starts to snow. And I don't mean that little dust of stuff you see in Brunswick County, and you go, ooh, snow. I mean, it started to snow. And depending on which part of the south you're from, you'll understand it, it started to lay or it started to stick. But at any rate, it stayed. And it stacked. And we were on horseback, so the first thing you do when you're on horseback and it starts to snow, wet snow, is you go in because your horse's hooves packed with snow and suddenly you're perched on four skis. So we put the horses up. And it was about that time that our parents started calling. We need to come and get you guys. And the parents who were closer in to the farm, they just started showing up and picking up their kids, which made sense. The parents, like my mother, who lived further away, called and said, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to come and get you? And we had three or four parents call and say that. So Bill got on the phone with them, with these worried parents, and Bill said, don't worry about it. We have two folks out here with vehicles. I've got my truck, which, by the way, was an old Chevy, three on the tree. Don't get excited. And the other person had an old straight-drive Volkswagen. We'll get them home. Don't worry about it. That's what he told all the parents. My mom said, okay, that sounds good. But it's still snowing, and we're thinking, let's have some fun. So we found plastic sheeting and started sledding on the hills. And I mean steep hills, and the snow's pouring down, and we're out there sledding until Bill finally says, hey, I think we need to go and get you guys home because it, it's, it's stacking up pretty good. So I was in the group with Bill, and he stuffed me. We literally sat on top of each other in the front seat of that truck with his wet sheepdog, and off we go. It was the slowest journey of my life. 
but one of the most fun evenings I've ever had. The storm is blowing, the snow's stacking up, it's getting darker and darker, and we are the only people crazy enough to be on the road in the snow, but we're having a blast. It got so bad by the time he was nearing my house that there was no way he could drive into the subdivision and down that hill to where we lived. So he let me out at the top of an exit ramp. And to, to get home, I had to walk through a city park. And I'll never forget that feeling. It was a great feeling. I'm 14 years old. The snow's blowing, and I'm trudging through the city park at night. It was awesome. It snowed eight inches that day in Winston-Salem. And I didn't have a care in the world. And I was not in the least bit concerned about that storm. You know why? Because I trusted the person that was in the storm with me. I knew that no matter what, he would get me home. He would get me home. If you're trusting in yourself, you're outside of the fortress trying to handle it alone. Don't do that. Trust the one who calls you to him and says, come inside and I'll take care of you. I want to pray for us this morning. And I want to pray for all of us that we will give our burdens, our cares, our stresses to the Lord this morning. We will run into his stronghold, his refuge, and we will trust him with all that burdens us, with all that concerns us, with all the cares of our lives today. With, with the last year, we can let that go. I want to pray for all of us that we would renew our walk with him, our trust in him this morning. Moms, especially for you. Because the stresses of this year have truly burdened our moms. I want to pray for you. Now, I'm also going to pray for those of you that have may, never trust, may have never trusted Christ as your Savior. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Moms, wouldn't it be an amazing day on Mother's Day to trust Christ, put all your faith and trust in Him as your Savior? And hey, if you're here with your mom, or maybe you're not, what a great day, Mother's Day, to trust Christ as your Savior. And if your mom's a believer and she's still with you, let her know that you trust Christ today. So I'm going to pray for all of us. Then I'm going to pray for those who would trust Christ. A very special prayer to lead you and to help you to put your faith and trust in Christ today. Heavenly Father, oh God, how we thank you that you are our stronghold, our refuge. And we can trust in you in all things. We can run to you on every occasion. We can rely on you for everything that we need. Father, I pray for all of us, God, that... If we've been out there trying to fight that storm by ourselves, God, forgive us for that. If we claim to be followers of Christ and we're doing it like anyone else would do it, anyone else in the world would, would do it as if we're not followers of Christ, Father, forgive us for that. And God, this morning, I pray for us that in faith, that we would grab that picture in our minds and we would rush into your fortress, giving you our problems, giving you our stresses, giving you our burdens and concerns. And Father, I pray for our moms, especially this morning. Whatever struggles they have, concerns they have, whether it's financial, whether it's with children, whether it's school or work or with their spouse, God, whatever it is, God, I pray they'd rush into your fortress today and give that burden to you. Now, God, also I pray for those who have never trusted Christ as their Savior. Let this be the first act of faith, the first step of faith today is to put all their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins, to save them, God, 
to give a to give a relationship with you. So God, I pray this prayer. And Father, I pray for those who need to trust it here in house or at home, need to trust you today, that they would pray this prayer of faith with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and you're alive today. So Jesus, I ask you in faith, come into my heart, into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a home in heaven. I repent of my sin and I commit to following Christ today. Father, there may be parents in this room or at home that simply need to ask your forgiveness, need an opportunity to start over, God, with their children, need help with anger or with other issues. God, we give that to you today. We start over with you today. Father, I thank you for answering our prayers. I thank you, God, for our moms, and I pray again for them today. Help them day by day, step by step, God, to be the moms you've called them to be. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.